It's time for JT the Brick. What's up, JT? Woo! Hey, JT, how you doing, man? Always great to be with the Brick. But I'm a sports talk host. I talk about multiple topics. Wow, I can go in 10 different directions today. Use the phone like a weapon. Wake up this town. You, the Raider Nation, have an opinion. You got that? I think you all get that. JT the Brick. Talk to JT. I'm on a roll. The out-of-control fans, the passionate fans, do me a favor and surprise me today. We love Las Vegas. When I retire and walk away, you better throw a party. You won't hear from me again. I promise you, unless you pitch me on the golf course, get the blank out of here. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. I'm going to be Mr. Positive. Are you kidding me? Enjoy everything we do, and please always feel welcome to call in and to be a part of the show. Big Boy Radio. Did I miss anything? Are you with me on that? And now, no, no, no. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT, as we begin a new week here, summertime radio on the flagship of the Silver and Black. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m., and on the Raiders mobile app, download the app for free. Many listen on the app. We have great streaming numbers. Streaming is the future of radio, along with radio and streaming together. So we appreciate everybody who streams the show and makes this show a national show every day I come on the air. That's what gets me going. If you want to know what gets me going, you probably don't. But if you want to know on radio, I like to pretend that everybody is listening to me. Bobby knows that. I like to believe I have a sold-out football stadium of listeners. I don't know unless I hear from you. That's why we give you the number. We want you to use it, 702-365-9200. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, at JT the Brick. And welcome to the heat, as we are now officially boiling. Now we are officially at the point. I think I was telling Bobby as we came in today, I think it's different this time around because we haven't had a warm weather day until recently. We went that 290-something days without a 100-degree day. So when it got over 105, it really feels hotter than normal. I don't know if you would say the same thing for you and me. I remember during the pandemic when it was really hot and there was nothing going on. We couldn't go in stores, couldn't go anywhere, how hot it was. But for me... It feels a little bit hotter than normal when we get over 105, and man, next week is going to be insane. So we decided to do some summertime radio before we jump into Raiders training camp, where we'll have in-depth team coverage, we'll have exclusive coverage inside the Raiders, we'll have access on this flagship station to some content that no one else is going to have, and that's going to start in over two weeks. So what we're going to do is continue our Raiders all-time team. I am so happy We decided to come up with this. I'm thrilled at the impact it's having with Raider fans on Twitter, on the phones. And most importantly, one of the things I have to hold back is the people who are giving me information. From Gold Jacket Hall of Famers to former executives with the Raiders to other people that are like, I love this. Let me give you my four. Let me give you my backups. So I was on my phone today for two hours before the show, and I probably read 15 texts from people who have recognizable names in the Raider organization, past or present, and other people that just wanted to text me. And I need your help on this. Normally, I don't ask you to do anything. I give you the number. I give you the Twitter if you want to use it or not. But this is something where I'm looking for mandatory participation. And I got Facebook going at JT the Brick. I got Twitter going at JT the Brick. And I got the phones here going. And we move to the defensive line. And we're looking for four starters Okay, two interior and two pass rushers and their backups. That is a total of eight former Raiders or a current Raider thrown in. I'm looking for eight names. And if you just want to give me one or two, 
or two of your favorite, that would be great for me as we try to slot it because we came up with the offensive line. We had a couple of honorable mentions, and I think this possibly could be the toughest group to break down. How's that for a tease? This group, I think, is the deepest, not the greatest group. The cornerbacks are greater, I believe, and the quarterbacks or maybe the running backs are greater than this group. This group is the deepest. From number one all the way to number 12, 13, 14, I can't get them all in. I just can't. I'm going to be nice and give an honorable mention or two, maybe an extra one, but I cannot get all these guys in. And, again, I'm not here to offend anybody. This is not officially tied with the Raiders. This is just me killing, I've been honest with you, I'm killing two weeks. Or I'll talk Summer League for two hours today. I want to talk Raiders before training camp until we find out what's happening with Josh Jacobs' franchise tag or what's happening with the health of Jimmy Garoppolo. This is a kind of a way to kind of get you off that topic and focus on the history of the team. And more importantly, Mark Davis has me on the radio to try to be a portal to get the younger fans of the Raiders and the new fans of Las Vegas up to speed. And that's what I think I can do better than anybody in the building or anyone in radio on this topic is the history of the Raiders. I've dived deep into the history of the Raiders in my career because of the MC work I've done, the shows I've hosted, the podcast. So I have a general idea. But when I got to the defensive line, there were two or three guys that I was not aware of. I mean, I knew who they were. I knew their names. But I wasn't aware of their greatness. So today, we move to the defensive line. It's time for the Raiders Radio All-Time Raiders Team. The best of the best at every position. The greatest Raider team of all time. The Raiders Radio All-Time Raiders Team. Today's position, defensive line. All right, so today we start off with the defensive line. It's a two-day project. We will go over it. We will cast votes. We will go online. We will hear your calls, and we want to start off with the defensive line. Four interior, four edge rushers. That's the, that's the criteria. Any era, any era, from 1960 to 2023, any era. You want to put someone in there, there's no rules that way. you got to jump in. I want to hear some of the historic Raider fans to give me some of their favorites. I want to know, and people are asking me, what's the criteria? Can Warren Sapp make this list? Yeah, he can. Warren Sapp played his ass off for the Raiders. He was a really good player for the Raiders, but he's not known as a Raider. He's known as a Buccaneer. So I would leave him off the list. But you might not. You might think that Warren Sapp should be the second team defensive tackle. I don't know. Same with Richard Seymour. These are guys that I'm going to get to here in general. But what I found more interesting in this category is that if you go back to the early years of this franchise and the 11 angry men and the 13-1 and team led by the defense, that was one of the greatest defensive teams of all time, there's multiple players on that team that have to get consideration. Then if you go to the more modern era of the Raiders – Uh, I'm going to get into Daryl Russell. I'm going to talk about Grady Jackson, friend of the show. See, Grady Jackson's not going to be on our all-time team, but he's going to get mentioned. He's going to be mentioned because I think that's the right thing to do. And some of the other names here. So here's the specific ask that I'm asking you today. I want to know your your favorite interior and your favorite edge rusher of all time. I'm assuming it's going to be Howie Long for most of you, but I need the other guy. 
I need the other guy who's going to be opposite of him. Is it Ben Davidson? Is it Greg Townsend? Who's inside? Who do you like inside as a defensive tackle? Do you want to go with Super Bowl rings? Do you want to go with Pro Bowls? Do you want to go with Hall of Fame appearances? That's what makes this category, I believe, the most difficult for me when it comes to depth. The depth of the category is deeper at this position. The front, because the Raiders played a 3-4 and a 4-3 at a highly successful rate. So I'm going to add to eight. I'm going to have eight starters, backups combination, and then honorable mentions. And then you, you just tell me about your favorites and who you like the most as we get going. So after a long weekend of Modelo's, I got a buddy of mine in town. I went to NBA Summer League. Let me get to that quickly. I went and saw Wembayana play Friday. I didn't go last night. I couldn't motivate myself to get out of the pool, backyard brick at 106, to go down there. But the, those who did saw Wembayana have an unbelievable game. It was incredible. So Wembayana came out on Sunday and just lit the league up. But I went on Friday to see the hype of who was there, who was there on Gucci Row, everybody I saw. To see Kareem on the court with Wembayana was pretty cool. Uh, saw a bunch of friends, my guys at SiriusXM NBA Radio. Uh, they were there, and I just kind of walked the room and stayed there for a little bit and saw it. So I wanted to say I was there for the debut of Victor Wembanyama. I think it was 2 of 13. He had his first ever N1 on a, on a nice little catch and shoot and got fouled. Uh, my takeaway from him is he is going to be a superstar. It's easy to predict injuries. It's easy to say, oh, man, he could be Ralph Sampson. Oh, no, he could have foot problems like Bill Walton. I choose not to do that. I choose to be positive, and I'm rooting for this kid. So here's Wembayana talking about the summer league, because remember, he's playing professionally in France, and the difference between the two. First of all, the court is more open. Uh, it's going fast, but it's, it's less physical. And uh, I get fouled a lot, but not as much. <laughs> Nothing to compare. And people are here, people are, players are just flying, you know. Out, out there it's more underground, pushing underground, big box outs. Here it's great athletes, the best in the world, more, way more talent. But uh, I like this better, though. All right, so I'll get back into Wembayana when I reset at the top of the hour. Our monologue is brought to you by PT's Best Happy Hour in Town. Great place to cool off. You got two happy hours, right? Five to seven, midnight to two. Great menu. Go there for lunch. Again, I tell everybody this time of year, go to cool off. Go to cool off. I went to the Vegas Golden Knights corporate headquarters, world headquarters, over at City National to watch some youth hockey just to cool off. It was, it was, you needed a jacket in there. Uh, same with PTs. Go have a couple of beverages, watch some of the sports. Home run derby tonight, all-star game tomorrow as we get into that. So wanted to get Wembayana there. So let's get back to the defensive tackle and the edge rusher position. As I just give you some of the names as I wait for your phone calls as we open up the show. The show started 11 minutes ago, not 11 minutes from now. So get in. We only have two days, a day and a half, to get to the defensive tackles and the edge rushers as we open up the show at 702-365-9200. I begin with Reggie Kinlaw, defensive tackle, 1979 to 1984, a two-time Super Bowl champion of Super Bowl 15 and 18, 6'2", 250 pounds, and the guy did it all. Arguably the greatest Raiders draft pick of all time. Listen to this. Reggie Kinlaw in 79 was drafted in the 12th round, the 320th pick. 
Let me repeat that. He was drafted 320 overall, and Kinlaw got two Super Bowls, needed to be double teamed, motor, 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 and played in some of the greatest games of the Raiders in the 80s, an anchor at nose tackle. Reggie Kinlaw, where do you have him on the list? Do you have him first team? you have him second team? Where do you have him? He's going to be first or second team. Reggie Kinlaw, what impact did he have with you? Bill Pakel, Super Bowl 18 winner. Second round pick, 1983, the 54th pick overall. An L.A. Raider from 83 to 90. First team All-Pro, 1986. 56 career sacks, 570 tackles. Super Bowl winner as a rookie. When you think of the L.A. Raiders in that line, oh my God. The L.A. Raider, the L.A. Raider, not Oakland Raider. The L.A. Raider defensive line could have three starters out of my four. They were that good. And Bill Piquel, will he be on that list, left off the list? What a player he was. I moved to Daryl Russell. We lost his life in a car crash at a very young age. Played for the Raiders from 97 to 2002. A two-time Pro Bowler in his back-to-back years. He was the second pick overall in the draft. First round, second pick, 1997. Now, he missed one and a half years serving a two, two separate league suspensions. He missed a year and a half of football because of various transgressions, and he ended up passing away in a car accident. Pound for pound, he was one of the greatest players I've seen as a rookie in my time with the Raiders going on 25 years. He came in. He was incredible. He took over games, and the league saw it with two Pro Bowls right out of the gate. Another player. Probably, let me pause for a second here. Again, the gold jackets I spoke to, the non-gold jackets and the staff, widely considered one of the greatest undervalued players and misconstrued Raiders of all time. Chester McLaughlin, L.A. and Oakland Raiders from 92 to 97, two-time first-team All-Pro. Four-time Pro Bowler, all with the Raiders. 51 career sacks, nine and a half in 1994. Now, Chester had some ups and downs in his personal life. If not, I didn't know Chester well. But I can tell you this, from talking to the likes of Tim Brown and other individuals who were best friends with him, they consider him one of the greatest teammates they ever had. Chester McLaughlin was one hell of a player. Oh, my God, was he great. We moved to the University of Mars. Otis Sistrunk, 72 to 78. Undrafted. Undrafted in 1972. Super Bowl eleven champion. Pro Bowler in 1974. 98 games played as a Raider. Wow. You want to talk about production? Otis Sistrunk. Production and one of the great characters in the history of this franchise. Ike Lassiter. AFL champion, AFL all-star, 1966, sacks leader 67, with the Raiders 65 through 69. Tony Klein, 1970 to 75, led the NFL in sacks in 1970. What a player he was for a short period of time with the Raiders, along with Horace Jones from 71 to 75. Great friend of the show, one, one man I consider a very good friend of mine, Art Toms. Super Bowl eleven champion, 1969, 22nd overall pick in the first round. Art Toms, eight seasons with the silver and black. Dan Birdwell, Oakland, 62-69, to 
AFL champ in 67, an all-star in 68, part of the 11 Angry Men. Raider fans, Google the 11 Angry Men. 13-1 in the 1967 season. And one of the greatest quotes in NFL history from Dan Birdwell. Here it is. You have to play this game like someone just hit your mother with a two-by-four. Dan Birdwell. Colton Oates, defensive tackle. Another great player. Another member of the 11 Angry Men. Defensive tackle, 1965-72. to 72, Highly underrated, 103 games. An AFL champion in 67. A lost Super Bowl two. Anchoring also the defensive line with that team. Let's not forget Dave Rowe. Raiders defensive tackle, 75 to 78, a Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl eleven in Pasadena, 1967. When you take a look at him coming into the league before, these are, these are some of the great teams of all times. Defense is 67. Dave Rowe, when his time with the Raiders, 75 to 78, played on one of the great Raider defensive teams. Very good player. Very good player. We move on to Ben Davidson. Widely considered one of the greatest Raiders of all time. Came to the Raiders late, but got there from 64 to 72. AFL, NFL champion. Won an NFL championship with the Packers in 1961. An AFL championship with the then Oakland Raiders. A three-time AFL All-Star. Fantastic. The battles that he went up against. He lost the championship game in 68 to the Jets. The championship game in 69 to the Chiefs. If he won both of them, he adds more Super Bowls to his resume. Howie Long, Hall of Famer. Oakland, L.A. Raiders, 1981-93. to Second-round pick, 48th overall. Super Bowl 18 champion, eight-time Pro Bowler. Member of the 1980s All-Decade team. A three-time first-team All-Pro. Other names for consideration, John Matuzak, the Twos, Raiders from 1976 to 82. He was an actor. He was a character. The first pick, the number one pick of the 1973 draft by the Houston Oilers, played for two teams. He played for two teams, the WFL Texans, until they filed a restraining order and he said he could only play with one team. And the two-time Super Bowl champion. Where do you slot the twos compared to some of the other players? Max Crosby, current Raider, on path to be one of the greatest Raiders of all time, in my opinion, and many opinions. Multiple Pro Bowls coming into his own. Where do you slot Max Crosby? Do you put him on the second team? Where do you put Max now? This is one of the toughest parts of this promotion, is we're trying to build the all-time team. The all-time team is today, the next two weeks. Where do you put Mad Max? I think he's going to be one of the greatest Raiders of all time. He already signed his extension. The fourth round pick is a superstar. Greg Townsend, Super Bowl 18 winner, two-time Pro Bowler, 109 sacks career. He's the all-time Raider sack leader, all-time in the history of this proud franchise. A fourth round pick in the 83 draft, eight fumble recoveries, three of those for touchdowns. Man, he's a great player. And a couple of more before we open up the phones. Tom Keating, an anchor of the 11 Angry Men. 12 seasons. Widely considered one of the greatest Raider defenders of all time. A three-time AFL champion. 
a two-time AFL All-Star, the premier tackle in the history of the AFL. I repeat, widely considered Jim Otto the center, the premier tackle of the AFL, Tom Keating. Think of the front four they had. Keating, Birdwell, Ike Lassiter, and Ben Davidson. Oh, my God. Imagine going up against those guys. Hey, we don't forget Sean Jones, defensive end, won a Super Bowl with the Packers. L.A. Raider, 84-87. to How's this for a 1986 season? 15 and a half sacks and 74 tackles. He was the anchor on the other side of the Reggie White Super Bowl in Green Bay. So I got a lot more that I can get to, but I'm saving a few of them as we continue on. This is the defensive tackle and defensive edge rushers. We want your opinion on Twitter, at JT the Brick, and also on the phone, 702-365-9200. Uh, Nick in Long Island. Nick, start us off. Appreciate your calling. How you been? JT, what's up, my man? How you been? Couldn't be better. I'll, uh, I'm not coming to Long Island. I got a wedding in New York at the end of July. I'll be up in New Paltz, maybe a little dip in the island for a night or two. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Good. I'm coming to Vegas, actually, uh, July 28th for my brother's bachelor party. So, uh, and the first time coming in. So, looking forward to it. You got it. Um, all right. So, you took the wind out of my sails. I picked up the phone and started calling up. I wanted to give Warren Sapp his flowers. There's this, there's this narrative on this fan base that Warren Sapp, they, they love him in kind of with Randy Moss as a guy who came here end of the career, just wanted his money, but that couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth. I always knew that. I remember one year he had 10 sacks as an interior lineman. First year here, they played him out of position at end. And I remember a few years back, uh, Steve Corcoran wrote a book with one of the Raider scouts. I think his name was Bruce something. I don't, and there was a lot of stuff in there about Warren Sapp's time in here where he was actually trying to change things here. And he actually cared, and he wanted to win. And he so, like, Warren Sapp, I think, could definitely be on that list. Um can I just give you eight guys? Or? Go ahead. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Okay. I, we got time. Go ahead. I have Khalil Mack in there, but I don't know if you have him as a linebacker or a defensive end. I I'm using. I'm going to put Khalil Mack where he was okay. drafted out of college. I'm going to put him at linebacker. That's going to be right. controversial too. With I could have put Fred. I could have put the Mad Stork as an edge rusher in this group. Right. The Stork will stand at a linebacker position end of the week. I mean, the Stork is a lot. He's he's arguably the greatest Raider of all time, but that's a whole other different discussion. But um. My four defensive tackles are Darrell Russell, Warren Sapp, Richard Seymour, and Otis Sinstrug. Richard Seymour, last year when he went in the Hall of Fame, I called up the show and was another guy that I spoke very highly of, was a great Raider, changed, changed the ways around here. Even though they didn't win much, they, he got them to like 500, and at that time that was a big deal because it was just so mm-hmm. bad for a while. And then my four defensive ends are going to be Howie Long, Max Crosby, Greg Townsend, and one of my favorite Raiders of all time, very underrated player, Derek Burgess. 16 sack season in 2005, 11 sacks in 2006. He was a pro bowler, an all pro, I believe. Yep. I'm not sure. Again, another guy who's done some bit, but he was a great, great player. And that- I, I, I think he should be in, in discussion on this list. Absolutely. Thank you for the call. You nailed it. I mean, some of the people that we're going to have on this all time team, we're putting other people in discussion. In discussion, Derek Burgess is a great selection there. When you take a look at what he was able to do, absolutely. Uh, He wouldn't be on my all-time team, but he's open for consideration. No doubt about it. 702-365-9200. Only way this promotion works is we got to hear from callers. Got about about, uh, eight or nine callers a show with different predictions and, and choices. Chris in Sacramento, very strong in all of these categories. Go ahead, Chris. 
Hey, what's going on, JT? Hey, Chris. Listen, uh, you know, I'm going to start a defensive tackle. Uh, Number one defensive tackle. I don't know why Raider fans tend to not like this guy, but he was a monster, was Chester McLaughlin. He just dominated that defensive line position uh, during some really bad years. Um, and you know, I got to know him a little bit after football and just a tremendous guy. He loved being a Raider and I've heard a lot of Raiders turn on him and say, he wasn't that great. And I just don't, I don't get that at all. I'm going number one, Chester McLaughlin, number two, Tom Keating, uh, another great man, rest in peace, Tom. Uh, just like you said, he was the premier defensive tackle in the AFL and just dominated one of the greatest defensive lines in history. Very, very close at number three. I'm going with Reggie Kinlaw. Uh, you know, just a, just a monster a little guy at that defensive tackle. He was so quick, and, you know, he helped anchor that defensive line. Lester Hayes, I think, said he was the heart and soul of that defensive line. And if you look at the stars on that team, a lot of people don't even remember Reggie Kinlaw because he wasn't that big-name guy on a defensive line, but he was literally the anchor of that defense um, during some great, great years. And I, and I love Bill Pickell. He had a great, solid season for the, uh, the career with the Raiders. And so I'm going with those four, but definitely McLaughlin, Keating, and Kinlon Pickell. I could go on and on about some other guys, but I know we don't have time, so I want to get the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do want to say, I believe Lance Collar made a comment about Warren Sapp and how he cared. Biggest jerk in the NFL. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like the guy. Never did. Had a chance to meet him a few times, and he's a bully. So I'm not even going to count him as a Raider ever. Uh, we did have Seymour and Maryland, two great defensive linemen later in their career, but not Raiders as far as this goes, in my opinion. Defensive end is easy. Howie Long, Hall of Famer, Greg Townsend, uh, amazing, amazing career. And then I'm going to. I'm going to lump in Matt Max, who I think is obviously on his way to being, you know, up there with Howie. Um, and my old friend, Ben Davidson, you know, Ben Davidson was the one, named one of the nastiest players in the old AFLs, but intimidating classic Raider, great, great player. He was also in behind the green door, which is one of the, you know, most famous, you know, what kind of movies yep. and he played Rex or Conan the Barbarian. So you can't take those kind of things away from him. He had a career after uh, football, one of the greatest storytellers in uh, football history, rest in peace. And that's my list. Yeah. And one more thing I want to follow up on two things jumped out at me there. Ben Davidson could play outside and inside, making him a little bit more versatile than some of the others in this category. And again, I, I didn't hear your call until you just made it. Many, many people are talking about Chester McLaughlin and the impact that he had. And, and, and I disagree with you on Sapp. I know Sapp differently than you do, and he's had a lot of big, big mistakes in his life and horrible decisions. But I thought he played his ass off as a Raider. But back to Chester again. What Tim Brown thinks of him and other legends who played in that, in that era with him, say so he's one of the best overall players in all of football and misunderstood by much of the Raider nation. Yeah, I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, I, I heard play off, and I'm like, you guys weren't watching Chester play. No. Chester was a monster. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Good to hear from you. you Chris, got it. Chris is good. Yeah. Chris is putting. Chris is taking this seriously, and I'm excited because Chris is taking it seriously. He's another friend of mine. 
longtime friend who's texting me every day. Every day he's texting me, hey, here's who I got, here's who I got. That opens up a line for you. We should not have a line open the next two weeks for the Raiders' all-time team. Today, specifically, we're on the defensive side of the ball. We're at defensive end and defensive tackle. I mentioned about 16 guys in the monologue. I got about another four or five to mention. Uh, You just heard about Derek Burgess, no doubt about it, and Russell Maryland and the impact that Russell Maryland had on this organization. Played hard. Played really hard. How about Big Ted Washington, who played two seasons for the Silver and Black, 2004-2005, didn't miss a game. Played 16 games both of those years. I wouldn't put him on the all-time team, but I wanted to mention Tommy Kelly. I was on the sidelines for the Raiders when Tommy Kelly had big games. I'm telling you, he was unblockable. In, in a few games that I saw him from a field level, a dominant, big, monster human being. Uh, Wednesday, we'll move to the linebacker position. A linebacker position has the ability maybe, maybe to be controversial. Very controversial at linebacker because I got to give a little wiggle room. Hybrid player, this, that, middle linebacker, outside linebackers here. But we want to hear from you exactly on what we're talking about today. Who is the most underrated defensive line player that you remember seeing? How about I throw that out to some of the younger Raider fans? Who's a who's a more modern defensive player on the front that you think should get some consideration because they played at a really high level but maybe not a Hall of Famer in a gold jacket? And do you move a gold jacket aside because you like another player better who didn't get a gold jacket? Tough to do that. Tough to do that. But, you know, we're not here just to talk about the Raiders' all-time Hall of Fame team. We're talking about their all-time team. Today I'm looking for eight specific players, four in the interior of the line, four off the edge, predominantly pass rushers, 702-365-9200. The monologue brought to you by the DeCastaverde Law Group. They're thrilled to be a part of the Raiders' all-time team. Alex DeCastaverde loves this topic. He's a season ticket holder for the Raiders. And when you look at the season ticket holders for the Raiders, some know the history better than others and some of the younger fans here in Vegas. That's why we're doing this Raiders all-time team, the DeCastaverde Law Group. If you get into a car accident, one group to call, 702-222-9999. Trust the people I trust, the people I know that put me in this position, proud partners of Raider Nation Radio. The DeCastaverde Law Group will help you if you get into an accident of any kind, 702-222-9999. When we come back... Got a couple of guests today, Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black, and Mark Anderson on the impact that Summer League has had over the three days of sellouts. That's a big deal. But today we're talking Raiders and the defensive line. So jump on in and we'll read some tweets also at JT the Brick as we continue to roll here. Hope everybody stays cool this summer as we kick it off on a Monday. I'm Greg Townsend. This is my story. I was drafted in the fourth round by the Raiders in 1983. I played 12 years with the Raiders. Being a Raiders is awesome. A bleeding silver and black, it gets no better than that. Sacking the quarterback to me is like a, a payday. It's like money in the bank. Winning the Super Bowl is indescribable. It's one of those feelings that come over you. You don't know where it's coming from, but it's a childhood dream that you know you always want to feel, and when you feel it, you don't know what the hell you're feeling. Greg Townsend, 
JT, back with you as we take a look at the Raiders' all-time team. Radio purposes only, summertime programming. As we continue on, brought to you by our great friends at Resorts World. Head on out to Resorts World. Have you seen the new pools? They keep opening up new pools, not a pool. More pools. Their outdoor expansion is growing. Scott Sabella's vision of sports in Vegas right there at Doghouse Saloon. Well, we'll be back for some Monday Night Football events coming up this year. So, you know, Greg Townsend is the all-time leader in sacks for the Raiders. And I think he's one of the most underrated players, not only in Raider history, but NFL history. Period. And that's just it. He's around the team a lot now. I think Max Crosby gets it, and a lot of the younger players. All you got to do is introduce him to Max Crosby and say, here's the all-time sack leader. There you got That's the number, Max, you got to beat. Right? Not Howie Long, who's widely considered one of the greats to ever play, but Greg Townsend is the sack leader. And one hell of a player. One, one great guy. I mean, just an amazing guy. Uh, just a shout-out. I had my book signing for my book, The Handoff, up at the Raider Image Store in Oakland, right where that Walmart parking lot was. And uh, one of my former friends, who's still my friend, but he's no longer with us, Black Hole Rob, who passed away, helped, helped put it together. He said, hey, I want to make sure we got some bodies out there, a little bit of a line out front, probably 20 people online. Who's online? Greg Townsend. Greg heard it, and Greg came. And he came to my book signing, and I sat there, and I went, he's like 12th in line. And he just waited, came up there, took a picture, uh, he bought one of my books. I signed it for him. It couldn't have been – I was humbling for me to do that. I'll never forget that story with Greg Townsend. And he would do signings there also at the Raider Image. And, man, he was just a good guy. Also, let's mention Scott Davis, defensive lineman, defensive end. Uh, came out of the University of Illinois, where my wife also did. Raider from 88 to 91. Very interesting career. 25th overall selection in the 88th draft. Uh, that's a first-round pick. Played with the Raiders from 91 and was a three-year out of four-year starter. He retired in 91. He had a season-ending injury. Turned to the team in 94 under a new contract. He appeared in 15 games, starting one. But then he had the career-ending injury in his final game of the 94 season. He was great at blocking field goals. Fantastic at that. And he was also a player. Had 27 and a half sacks and 119 tackles while recovering a fumble. Another name I wanted to bring up here, if you're a fan of Scott Davis, let's put him on the list. Looking for your phone calls on this topic. If you, We haven't had one phone call yet on Howie Long. Come on, man, this is Howie Long. Where do you have Howie ranked? I'm sure you have him on the first team there, but I'm not sure. 702-365-9200. Obviously, uh, he is on my first team here, so I want to hear from you on that. Uh, Joe Nichols tweets in, JT. Howie Long, Max Crosby, Greg Townsend, Ben Davidson. My reserves are Chester, uh, Piquel, Scott Davis. That, that's strong. You know, that's strong as we take a look at some of the names that are coming in here. Plenty to discuss as we look at the depth of this position here. And when you look at the depth of this position, there, now we're in a new era of football where there's rotating defensive tackles that are coming in. I think when we take a look at the Raiders' all-time team, and what they're looking at here, you want to see guys who stayed on the field. Again, when we talked about the 11 angry men, they're on the field. There wasn't a rotation. Now, and it has nothing to do with the current Raiders, it just is a big part of football today, is that you have guys who are hybrids, who come in on first down, or they're off the field on second and third down. So when we look at all these players now today, many people have asked me, many, the few that I'm talking to on this contest, and it's not a contest, again, it's a promotion, they keep saying, well, what era are you talking about? 
I'm talking about the entire history of the team. That's it. Eight guys. I can't go through the 60s and 70s and cut it off and then go 80s to 2000s. Can't do it. This is the Raiders. This is the Oakland, L.A., Las Vegas Raiders, and we're amassing the entire time in the history of this organization. So you really got to do a deep dive into deep different eras, and is there a player from the 60s or 70s that you think could hang and play in the 2000s? And and this era now, 2023, 702-365-9200. A couple of other names. As we take a look at consideration, and some of these guys only played a short period of time with the silver and black, but as I got a a couple of suggestions, Pat Swilling joined the Raiders after seven seasons in New Orleans and two with Detroit. He played in 48 games with 32 starts and had 21 sacks, seven forced fumbles, and two fumble recoveries. He came back in 1998 after retiring after the 1996 season. Another friend of the show, Lance Johnstone. The Raiders selected Johnstone in the second round of the 96 draft out of Temple. He played for the Raiders from 96 to 2000. The Vikings, after that, returned to Oakland for one more season. In all, Johnstone played in 87 games with 57 starts. He had 31 sacks, 11 forced fumbles, four fumble recoveries, and three touchdowns. Do we remember Rod Coleman? I do, defensive tackle, originally drafted as a linebacker out of East Carolina. He actually wore number 91 in three games as a rookie. He played in 60 games with 21 starts, recorded 28 and a half sacks and two forced fumbles and three fumble recoveries. He went on to play for the Atlanta Falcons and played very well. Here's another one that I didn't get into the monologue. All apologies. Bob Golick, defensive tackle. Golick joined the Raiders after three years with New England and seven with Cleveland. He played in 57 games with 53 starts, eight and a half sacks, and three fumble recoveries. And Bob Golick's had a really good career on the radio. When I got into radio, Bob was already established by then. Uh, Bob did a lot of great work nationally, locally, a really good radio host. Cedric Hardman, defensive end, joined the Raiders after 10 seasons with the 49ers. He played in 32 games, recovered two fumbles, and returned one for a touchdown. He was a member of the Raiders' Super Bowl 15 team. Cedric Hardman, a Hall of Famer, told me earlier this morning he was one of the toughest players he's ever seen practice when he came in because he was a great player after coming over from the 49ers. And one more I want to give you here before we get out to the phones. John Perella. Man, what a beast he was, man. That guy had muscles on top of muscles. He joined the Raiders after a year in Buffalo and eight years in San Diego. He was a hated Charger, and he hated the Raiders when he played for the Chargers, but fit in beautifully with the Silver and Black. He played 37 games with 20 uh, starts and recorded one sack. He started at defensive tackle for the Raiders in their Super Bowl loss to Tampa Bay in Super Bowl 37. John Perella was a really good player, man. That was a really good signing by the Raiders overall. Raiders 66, right here in Vegas. Thanks for calling in. What do you got? Hey, JT. Good morning or afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for checking in. I tell you, you must have been doing the same research I did over the weekend because your opening sounded just like the stuff that I was going through. But, yeah, as a collective, uh, you know, the new Raider Nation, uh, and I'm talking about people that are like 25 years old and younger, probably have no idea that the Raiders used to have really good defenses. But, uh, I mean, as a collective, you, you said Google that 67 team. That is, that is one of my favorites. 
they 13 and one of the season, they had 67 sacks and an NFL record that still stands of 665 yards in losses on the quarterback. And the sad part about that team is that all four of those uh, defensive linemen are, are now gone. I know there's not one of them left around. So that, that's the sad part. But the other thing is it, from 67 to 70, that uh, group, the, the, uh, the Raider front four had two, uh, well, the Raider defense accounted for 204 sacks. From 83 to 86, they were tied with the Bears, number one in the NFL, 249 sacks in four years. My quick math says that's 62 a year. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. But as far as my, as far as my, my finals, I'll go, you wanted Khalil Mack with the, with the linebackers, so I will uh, put Greg Townsend and Howie Long as my starting defensive ends. Uh, how can you go wrong with a Hall of Famer and the all-time sack leader? My uh, starting defensive tackles, Chester McLaughlin, at 334 pounds. That guy, you just didn't move him, four-time pro bowler. And I'm going with Tom Keating from that 6017. Mm. That guy, as you said, he was the premier tackle. And he got into this weird four-point stance like Bob Lilly. And, and talking to some of the Chiefs players, they said, you had all three of the middle interior linemen, the center and both guards, had to be aware of him. So he basically tied up three guys because he could slip through. And, and, and then the weird thing is Bill Pickel, um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, did the same thing. He was in that four-point stance. But, uh, so I got those two as the uh, starters and the backups. Uh, we go with Max Crosby and Big Ben Davidson. Mm-hmm. And as the uh, tackles, Bill Pickel and Reggie Clin- Kinlaw. Kinlaw could have been MVP of Super Bowl eighteen. That guy shut down that Redskins running game. They only gave Riggins 64 yards on 26 carries. Right. And, and they had a fourth and one in that game. Uh, Kinlaw stuffed the hogs, and, and they didn't make it. Riggins didn't make it. The next play is that iconic uh, Marcus Allen touchdown run of 74 yards. Unbelievable. Excellent and- phone call. I mean, fa- fantastic. 66. Keep calling. Keep calling back, man. You're exactly why we're doing this. And some of the younger fans and the old school fans need to hear what you have to say. You really put a lot into this. Thank you. And, and it, really quickly, the, the, um, Ben Davidson and Tom Keating were, were best buddies. They both played on the left side of the line. And during the offseason, they get on their Harleys and they travel around the country. They even went down to Mexico and Panama. The weird thing is they were both diagnosed with uh, cancer two weeks apart, and they died two months apart. Wow. That's the family orientation of Raider Nation. Thanks, JT, for the time. Yeah. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you doing that. That's a nice phone call. All right, and Bobby thinks this is a good idea because I did this with the offensive line, and I'll do it again. My opinion on this, because I have the final vote, and I'm not using it with any more knowledge. I don't have anywhere near the knowledge of Raider Mort or Raider 66, nor do I ever portray that on the radio. I I always say, you guys who followed the team before I did, before you know this team, and some know it better than me, that was a good phone call. What I'm most confused about now is where do I – we're getting a lot of Chester McLaughlin on how he played. I'm getting it on Twitter too. Reggie Kinlaw, Otis Sistrunk. Otis Sistrunk, Ben Davidson, Tom Keating. Anchor of the 11 Angry Men. These are important people. I only have room for four starters. Two interior. Matuzak. Conflicting reports on Matuzak. One of the, Tom Flores claimed, one of the toughest, greatest players he's ever had. But, you know, he got in a lot of trouble. His career was sporadic at times. But I didn't watch a lot of Matuzak on YouTube like you did. And the impact, I've talked to people inside and outside the building on Matuzak. 
And some people are in two different camps, saying that he was a great player. Others say he was, at that time, above average, but not a Hall of Famer. He's not a gold jacket. And we got gold jacket guys in here. So where do you go with all of that? Excellent phone call. I want to get to everybody coming up next before the top of the hour. We have two guests next hour. Here's what we'll do. We'll finish this day off with the defensive line. And then tomorrow we'll start with the defensive line. We'll crown our, our starters and reserves. And then I got to keep moving, man. I got to move into the linebackers. I got to get to linebackers by Wednesday. And then if we get to linebackers by Wednesday, you know, they got home run derby, all-star game. Oh, how about this? Name drop alert. Boom, boom, name drop alert. Yesterday I'm in the pool, backyard brick in the water. My phone's there on the side. It buzzes. Reggie Jackson, my hero calls. Because when do you want to do an hour this week? I said, an hour? He goes, yeah, let's do an hour. We're going to do it tomorrow. I'm either going to tape it or do it live, so it's going to move some stuff around. Reggie's got the documentary, Reggie. He wants to talk about some racial issues in the documentary. He wants to clear up his life, his career, everything. So I'm probably going to get 40 minutes to an hour with Reggie Jackson tomorrow, and I'll put that in a podcast form, and we'll also air it here maybe on Friday when I have my bucket of Modellos. Good time to listen to that on Friday, too. We're talking Raiders defensive line, four interior, four edge rushers, and backup, 702-365-9200 is our number if you call in. And, hey, for the sixth caller that calls in right now, you can qualify for our contest, our grand prize trip, five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell, $1,000 gift card for gas and food. You can qualify. I remember the first exhibition game, and John Madden asked me a question. He said, which position do you think you can play the best? I said, I can play all four I'm good. So he said, well, you know, who you think you is? I said, well, you know, I'm just Otis. So he gave me a chance that I played all four positions, and that Sunday morning he asked me, he said, now, you proved to me you can play all four positions. Which one do you really want to play? Then I come back and think about Mr. Spencer. I play wherever you want to play as long as the Raiders win it. So obviously being able to play all these positions. That's the great Otis Sistrunk. Got to know Otis really good. And when Otis is around and Otis is, God, Otis is a deepster, man. Talking to Phil Villapiano this morning before he went to the beach. Phil was on his way to the beach, and I said, hey, Phil, I'm texting you some names. Give me some information. He just said Otis. So that was really cool from him. So thanks for joining us as we continue with the Raiders radio, all-time team, no association with the team. This isn't something that's going to cross everyone's desk, the coach. This is not official. This is just summer programming, and we're off to a really good start. Raider O is in San Diego. Thanks for calling the show on the mobile app. Hey, thank you, JT. First off, I just want to let you know, I haven't spoken to you live since 2002, uh, but I've been a long-time listener, and, I, and to me, you are the Raiders radio godfather. Thank you for everything. Appreciate you your kind words. Thank you. Um, I moved to California from Massachusetts as a youngster in the late 80s, and my first game was Tim Brown's first game. And from that moment, Howie Long, Chester McLaughlin, Greg Townsend, you know, defensively, these were some of my heroes. Um, you know, they, they dominated – I really remember when Chester McLaughlin moved on to Kansas City, you know, just seeing him make plays against us and you yeah. have that feeling of, you know, even as a youngster, hey, we let that guy go. Why, why do we 
not be on our team. Um, Daryl Russell, he, he was the best defensive tackle I saw after that, especially drafted by the Raiders. Um, I, you know, it's so sad what happened, but I feel like we've been looking for some player like that ever since and seeing other teams get players like that. And we haven't been able to, you know, it's hurt, but hopefully we do get that. The last thing I wanted to mention was, um, you've named so many of the big names already, but going back to kind of the 2000 to 2002 seasons, um, Trace Armstrong, Mm -hmm. John Perella, Sam Adams, you know, these were big influences on our team, especially our Super Bowl run year. Um, but I remember specifically, again, Trace Armstrong and John Perella as players who made plays against us. Mm-hmm. John Perella seemed to bring a, a toughness to our defense that we lacked. Um, and, and I had one more shout-out mm-hmm. was uh, Reagan Upshaw, was another yep. player who got that here. You know, maybe didn't reach the, the, the heights that we hoped for, but these were tough players that gave everything during that run. So Excellent call. Yeah, keep calling in, man. That's what that's what we're looking for. Really appreciate that. That's exactly what we're looking to hear. We're looking to hear from some uh, other players that we can improve and put in here that might not be the greatest of all time, but they deserve consideration as an honorable mention there. And I really like that list that you put together on the other side. All right, when we come back, we'll reset. I got two guests next hour. I'll thread the needle with Harry Ruiz, Mark Anderson, the impact of Summer League, the first three days. Baseball heads into the All-Star game. I think this is potentially the lamest home run derby on record tonight with participants. Without a doubt, the worst group we've seen, but maybe we have one guy who hits and breaks the record. We'll find that out. We'll reset top of the hour. Raiders all-time radio team. Today is the defensive line.